during these past weeks of Lent. Our Gospels have focused on the quintessential theme of life, death, and rebirth, or what some call order, disorder, and reorder. However you look at this universal pattern, one thing is for sure, there's no skipping the process. There's no reorder without disorder. There's no rebirth or resurrection without death. And so this afternoon we come face to face with death as we gaze upon the cross of Christ. For the first time since COVID, once again, each of us will be able during this liturgy to come forward in order to reverence the cross by bowing, kneeling, or touching the wood. For me personally, I think it's the most grace-filled procession that we have in this church at any other time. See, there's no conditions or restrictions or rules or regulations as to who can come forward. As we witness people from all walks of life, often in tears, coming forward to give thanks to Christ for dying for us. And as we come out of this pandemic and return to some form of personal reverence for the cross, perhaps all that we have endured these past years gives us an opportunity to look at the cross differently. So instead of the focus just being on the cross that Christ died on and on his death some two millennia ago, a death that was for us, what if we spent some time this afternoon on the deaths that happened to us? to focus on our crosses, on our dying that needs to occur each day. It was St. Paul who wrote to the Corinthians, I die daily, which echoes the words of Christ when he said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. I wonder what the disciples thought when they heard that. Some few years earlier, they had already walked away from family and friends and jobs and everything in their life just to follow this rabbi, Jesus. What more could Christ be asking for? And how many of us who have faced so much loss and hardship these past years are asking the same question? God, what more are you asking from me? To answer that and to look at the cross differently, it requires a deeper look into that line, take up your cross. For when we hear that directive, we most often interpret it as the absolute need to shoulder alone our burdens of our lives, the death, the losses, the illnesses, the addictions, as simply crosses that we're called to bear. But if we stop there, we totally miss the point Christ was making. For when Jesus said those words, he meant that each day we must die to ourselves in order to follow Christ. For his follow-up line is, whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. While over the centuries many people have been martyred for Christ, he was speaking more about the need for each of us to die to ourselves. In other words, of the need to die to our egos and our strategies and our politics and our prejudices, for such actions need to be crucified and buried, and we have to die a similar death. 
Following Jesus may seem easy when life is running smoothly. But when the crosses appear in our lives, when we come across something or someone or some event in our own life that requires some form of personal dying, then indeed, indeed our world is turned upside down. And how often, instead of facing this daily death, do we just push God away and dig in deeper by building up our false selves? We default to pointing to the cross as something Christ did for us, while missing the point that in our daily lives, we're called to do the same thing. For until we find the communal meeting and significance of suffering of all life, we will continue to retreat into our individual small worlds in our misguided quest for personal safety and sanity. For the crucified Christ is the dramatic reminder that God fully enters into our suffering with us, not just for us, but in solidarity with us. You see, the good news is we don't have to hold that suffering alone. In fact, we really can't. So rather than only focusing on how Jesus died for our sins, I invite you to take some time and go a bit deeper into your prayer about the cross. To keep in mind that Jesus showed us that death, daily death, is part of life. For there's no resurrection without death. There's no love without loss. Good Friday and all of Christian life is about embracing this paradox. Thus, every day we're faced with crosses, crosses that allow us to see and feel the ashes of our lives, crosses that make it hard for us to always shine light into the darkness, and crosses that lead us to weep. But as St. Oscar Romero once said, there are many things that only can be seen through the eyes that have wept. So as we once again come forward shortly to bend our knee at the cross, what if we took time to bend our hearts, to bend our souls, to bend our very own lives in order to echo the radical love of Christ? And in doing so, what will our tearful eyes then see. And how better will we be in holding on to the hope and promise that out of the crosses and ashes of our lives, one day, one day we will all dance in their ruins and discover a sweet consolation of beauty that can and will rise from our broken hearts. For you see, suffering has this strange and marvelous equalizing ability to pull us into oneness. It's a path which we are reminded of, of every tritium, which allows us to actively join God's loving solidarity with all people. When you and I embrace Jesus' essential, essential paradox, and that is to lose is to gain, to die is to live, well, we come to God, who gathers up the broken pieces of the world and makes them more complete and beautiful 
than they were before they broke. For all of reality is moving toward resurrection. Indeed, this is the great hope of our tradition and one that is clearly becoming more and more necessary for our broken world to hear.